we're gonna we're gonna look at this morning. We're gonna have. I, I hesitate to say a Bible lesson, but uh, some thoughts, I guess, from the scriptures on a couple of things. Primarily, we're gonna look at what mercy, what the word has to say about mercy, and what kind of what it is, and and um, what the scriptures have to say about it. Uh, mercy is that which is a definition of it, kind of that for which the offender can only plead for from the offended. There's someone that's been wrong. There's something that's there's the offender has no other plea, no other standing to demand mercy. It's also withholding that punishment that the guilty party fully and only deserves, that which the guilty party has no hope for. Um, and we're going to look at uh, a number of scriptures. There's a, one of the Psalms that we're going to look at a little later, but that relates to uh, and shows how mercy relates to every thought and event that goes forth from God, shows his mercy. Uh, others too, obviously, his grace, his love, his kindness to his people, and, and those uh, other attributes of God that are shown. But it, um, it relates and shows the mercy of God towards mankind as a whole, just in the sunshine comes and the rain falls and those things, and for the church um, and the true Israel in particular. It's God's mercy alone that all of mankind was not, uh, as Mike says, Mike Baker says, turned to cinders in the fall. Uh, what was the, and when was the beginning of mercy uh, towards God's mercy towards mankind? And it had to have been in eternity past, uh, both for um, man, uh, mankind as a whole and more specifically the church in Christ that he shows his mercy to. Um, for God to show mercy in and for the church had to be part of the everlasting covenant. And we'll, we'll see some of the scriptures that speak to that. It had to be in light of the lamb being slain uh, before eternity passed. Um, we, we know that uh, by nature, uh, all men uh, stand in, pun- in they're guilty before God. Um, the, the soul that sinneth, it said, shall surely die. We know that um, pretty, pretty big bulk of evidence that where man stands by nature after the fall. Um, it's physically, but spiritually dead, barring the working of the Holy Spirit unto life in the Lord Jesus Christ. We're going to look at um, what God's Word says about mercy, some of the examples of, of, of God's mercy. Um, a lot of scriptures use the word mercy in, in, in a context of what he's speaking about, we'll see, but there's a lot of instances of God showing mercy that doesn't say, here's God's mercy, but we'll see. And... Um, I've got a lot, so we will make it through some of them, and we may next time around we may continue here. So, but in the book of Genesis, and these are not <clears throat> these are not uh, exhaustive by any means of of, uh, and I think we cannot fully understand the the uh, extent of God's mercy to His people. 
Um, but we're going to look at a couple of things. And so in, in Genesis chapter 3, if you turn to, in your Bibles, join me in chapter 3. Um, and we're going we're gonna to read verses 7 through 21. Okay, invert, start. And the eyes, Adam and Eve, the eyes of both of them are open. They ate the, the fruit that was God said, do not, and the day you eat of this, you shall die. And the eyes of them both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife had hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. And the Lord called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. And he said, Who hath told thee that thou wast naked? Hast thou eaten of the tree whereof I commanded thee that thou should not eat? And the man said, The woman whom thou gavest to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I did eat. And kind of put the blame on Eve for the situation here. And the Lord God said unto the woman, What is this that thou hast done? And the woman said, The serpent beguiled me, and I did eat. And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle, and above every beast of the field upon thy belly thou shalt go, and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. Unto the woman uh, he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. In sorrow thou shalt bring forth children, and thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. And unto Adam he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree, of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for thy sake. In sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns also and thistles shalt bring forth unto thee, and thou shalt eat of the herb of the field. In the sweet sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread till thou return unto the ground, for out of it wast thou taken. For dust thou art, and unto dust shalt thou return. And Adam called his wife's name Eve, because she was the mother of all living. Unto Adam also and unto his wife did the Lord God make coats of skins and clothe them. Uh, in, in this particular passage here, the first, um, one of the first uh, instances we have record of that shows God's mercy for not, when they, when they ate of that fruit and sin, that they did, that, that wasn't lights out and just done with uh, mankind at that, at that time, that, um, that it would be just over. Uh, God would not have missed anything. He wouldn't, he would not have been less if he would have done that. Uh, We're going to see though that the, that um, it's not that God was ever caught short. He, he knew what was going on. He, he determined what was going on. Uh, uh, It wasn't, um, it wasn't a, to show a, um, a problem that God had it was to show a problem that man had by nature. Uh, God wasn't, it wasn't just a flip a coin, we'll see which way this goes with Adam and Eve. Um, it, otherwise, it would not 
talk about the everlasting covenant. It wouldn't talk about the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. It would say that at this point, now we need to do something. God did not was not caught short. Um, Adam and Eve were exposed for what they were by nature at this point, and uh, very strong, <laughs> the very pointed, very big point, exclamation point and star by it, that God's mercy was shown here in that he allowed this to continue. Um, now, we know it had to. God doesn't change. He determined that there we're going to see a people that were going to be delivered from this by the lamb that was slain before the, this ever happened, before the foundation of the world. So we know what the intent and we know what the purpose of God is and the is. We're finding out as we look in Scripture, we, as he reveals to us, he shows these things and shows who, who the God of this Scripture is and the God that has a people. Um, it's, you cannot separate the mercy of God from the justice of God, from the wrath of God, from uh, the goodness of God, from the love of God, and the uh, grace of God to his people. They're all um, part and parcel of the of the uh, everlasting covenant and we you just can't you can't mention an attribute or a a um, position that God is and has and with his people without keeping that in mind it's not it isn't a standalone um, a piece of who God is or who God's people are it's 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 so tied together and so it's 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 hard in in our perspective to just take a word and say what how do you define this and how does this connect to the rest of it it's like uh, it's like what grace is and and uh, uh, mercy and grace are kind of they have to go hand in hand with God's people mercy is withholding that which is deserved the punishment part it's not withholding good things that's deserved it's withholding the the wrath and punishment of of the offended one and grace is giving that which is not deserved. It's the, it's the 180 degrees side of that same thing, kind of, that grace is, is things given those things that there is not a des- deserving for. And so we have to keep those things in mind when we look at this because God's mercy doesn't, j- just doesn't stand apart in God for the church and for God's people. God's mercy on mankind, it's still here, there was there was eight people saved in that ark uh, uh, to continue and to repopulate the earth as God's purpose was uh, to do. Um, it was uh, His mercy that 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 ark was provided, and um, uh, as we see that, a picture of the church and and our Savior as being the ark and the the one that uh, we're in in. Uh, those things. Um, let's move along. Okay. In Exodus chapter 15, we're going to... And this, like I said, this isn't exhaustive. Um, any of these passages a person could spend a lot of time on. They're not filler material. And as we've seen on several books now, of the flyover material in the Old Testament is best taken at a pretty slow pace. And... And uh, we'll see what there. But in, in chapter 15 of Exodus, it's, it's Moses' song. 
and uh, just taking a, a piece of this, uh, uh, starting with verse 11, uh, down a little bit. It says, uh, Who is like unto thee, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like thee, glorious in holiness, fearful in praise, doing wonders? Thou stretchest out thy right hand, and the earth swallowed them. Thou in thy mercy hath led forth the people which thou hast redeemed. Thou hast guided them in thy strength unto thy holy habitation. And here... Uh, from the get-go, we see what man is like, and the uh, the book of Exodus and Leviticus and Deuteronomy, Numbers, the rest of them show what God's people are made of. Not much, only by His doing are they made of anything. And and here that as as Moses said in his song of, of Moses, that uh, verse thirteen particularly, Thou in Thy mercy hath led forth the people which Thou hast redeemed. Thou hast guided them in thy strength unto thy holy habitation. And this is speaking to, the, to God's people, the ones that he has redeemed. Uh, he had mercy on, on um, all mankind in that he gives them life and breath and uh, being. Um, but that's not the same as his people, as the redeemed ones. Those, those are, uh, they can't say the same thing. And that mercy that they had led forth the people which they resumed and hast guided them in thy strength unto thy holy habitation. And that, not just in a physical, he's he led them through these things, but he has guided, as it says here, the redeemed has guided them in his strength into faith in, in what he has to say and standing in his strength and not in, in mankind. In the and the what the, the gospel is there is there is one that does have uh, righteousness that can clothe us with and and does and not our own uh, in Exodus uh, chapter thirty three for just another just a little spot here Exodus chapter thirty three. Uh, <clears throat> Exodus 33, starting with, uh, let's see, verse, verse, um, verse 18. Moses speaking to, speaking with God, and he says, I beseech thee, show me thy glory. And he said, I will make all my goodness pass before thee, and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before thee. And I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and I will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. Um, and he said, Thou canst not see my face, for there shall no man see me and live. And the Lord said, Behold, there is a place by me, and thou shalt stand upon a rock. And it shall come to pass, while my glory passeth by, that I will put thee in a cleft of the rock, and I will cover thee with my hand while I pass by, and I will take away Mine hand, and thou shalt see the, my back parts, but my face shall not be seen. And up here, it, it speaks about, um, it says, I will show mercy on whom I will show mercy, um, and gracious to whom I will be gracious. And that makes a point that continues all through the scriptures of 
it's got by God's doing that graces or and grace and mercy are dispensed. It's not it's not a we do a certain amount of things and God will show mercy on us. We can never be in that spot that where we deserve that mercy. He's if he doesn't see his people um, uh, in the righteousness of the Lamb that was slain, there's not to be we we don't want him to. Not only can we look on not look on God's face. Um, he has to. He has to see our Savior, and then he sees us, and we're accepted as the song said, "In the Beloved." We're not accepted of ourselves, and the, the, but that mercy is is only dispensed. And down through here, it speaks about the rock, and not just a rock. But uh, and there's quite a significance to that. That that's the rock we're placed upon is uh, the Lord Himself. And then one last little spot in Exodus, in the next chapter, 34. Exodus 34. And here, um, first table of stones, Lord, or, uh, Moses came back down from the mount and they were partying. And it was not parting and, please, and praising the Lord God that Moses was visiting with. They, were, they had their own, another God that they thought was worthy of their, of their uh, praise. And Moses threw the tables down. Lord, gracious and mercy, again shown that that didn't just turn into cinders. That Lord says, I will, I will carve out two more tables, bring them up, we'll do that again and that but here in Exodus 34 uh in verse uh, 6 and 7 and it says above that the Lord descended verse 5 in the cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord and the Lord passed before him and proclaimed the Lord the Lord God merciful and gracious long-suffering and abundant in goodness and truth keeping mercy for thousands Forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, and that will no, by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children, upon the children's children, unto the third and fourth generations. But up here, he's merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abundant in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, that will by no means clear the guilty. And to, that speaks directly to the church and that, that uh, their sin, iniquity, and transgression is covered. There's, there's been a true covering as he covered those two in the garden, I believe as a real picture of that covering uh, that was provided, uh, going to be provided in time when the Lord came and was crucified and was, uh, was made an offering for sin for his people that this uh, here speaks to that. That's the only hope that God's people have is that he's a merciful God and that he, that he indeed uh, covers our sin and transgression with, with someone else's righteousness. And that is the only hope that, that they had at this time. And, and I, this is not just talking about every time that they sidestep what they were supposed to do. Those were, those were, each individual times that they that they did not deserve God's mercy, but He time and time again 
bore with them as a, as a nation there, and I think that's a picture of him bearing with his people and his mercy, as, as we'll look in, in, in one of the Psalms, endureth forever. Um, uh, uh, or as, as Paul says, there's nothing that can, can separate us from, from uh, him, uh, from the love that's in Christ Jesus, that we stand in him. And this speaks to them physically at that time, but to the ones that were there that were his, that were, that were true Israel, some of those people understood that they where they stood and what they stood in need of, and uh, they were truly um, looking to to God for that. And uh, uh, the bulk of them just it was they were drugged back in line again and had to do the right things and physically and that type of of issues. Um, in Psalm twenty five. And, song, and not to not to pass over um, all the many places in the rest of scripture in between that that speak to his mercy but but um, this is kind of how I was led to this and from place to place in psalm twenty five to speak of god's um, Love and mercy and care and all those things to the church. All of scriptures and the Psalms from from start to finish speak to those things. So it's not it's not picking out the few places that say what we want them to say, but it's it's rather picking out a few key places to say what you want to say um, uh, from all of them. And in and in uh, Psalm twenty five. Here it speaks of it, here it's speaking of um, uh, as we'll see of ourselves and our position and our desires and prayers and also of our Lord Himself. It says uh, Psalm twenty two verse one. It says, "My God, My God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why hast thou so far from helping me and from the words of my roaring? O my God, I cry in the daytime, but thou hearest not, and in the night season am not silent." But thou art holy, O thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel. Our fathers trusted in thee, they trusted, and thou didst deliver them. They cried unto thee and were delivered. They trusted in thee and were not confounded. But I am a worm and no man, a reproach of men and despised of the people. All they that see me laugh me to scorn. They shoot out the lip. They shake the head, saying, He trusted on the Lord that he would deliver him. Let him deliver him, seeing he delighteth in him. But thou art he that took me out of the womb. Thou didst make me hope when I was upon my mother's breast. I was cast upon thee uh, from the womb. Thou art my God from my mother's belly. Be not far from me, for the trouble is near, for there is none to help. Um, And we're going to stop there. But here it speaks both to what uh, the psalmist was, was saying and also what the picture of the Lord and those things that that um, uh, uh, that he was and went through to be a uh, propitiation for his people, and uh, here it speaks of that that mercy that would do that 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 to deliver and to provide it provide the deliverer in um, 
Psalm 32. Just a couple of verses in Psalm 32. Passing by here, uh, many places here in the next few uh, psalms that speak about our rock, our God, our strength, um, our deliverer, all those things that he is to his people. But in Psalm 32, the first couple of verses say, Blessed is he whose transgression is covered, whose sin is covered. Who is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man unto whom um, the Lord imputeth not iniquity, and whose spirit there is no guile. Um, and it goes on down in verse 7. It says, Thou art my hiding place. Thou shalt preserve me from trouble. Thou shalt compass me about with songs and deliverance. But up here, um, whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. And we... we um, we know that that is, doesn't mean it was set aside, but that it was covered, that it was paid for. Those transgressions are paid for uh, by the, again, the, the everlasting mercy of God that, that uh, had a people, gave a people to the Son, took pity on them, that he would have them delivered from uh, their, unrighteousness, their uh, unrighteousness and their sinful nature. And that was not something that, could be God's justice didn't let it just get set aside. It had to get paid for. And the Lord himself was the only, the only true sacrifice that could, could take care of that and you could do those things. Um, let's see. Psalm 62. And you're going to be passing over several psalms that would fit into this obviously also, but um, in Psalm 62 talks about our our defense, our rock, our salvation. Um, It's start with verse five. It says, my soul waiteth only upon God for my expectation is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be moved. In God is my salvation and my glory. The rock and my strength and my refuge is in God. Trust in him at all times, you people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. Selah. Surely men of low degree are vanity and men of high degree are a lie. To be laid in the balance, they are altogether lighter than vanity. Trust not in oppression and become not vain in robbery. If riches increase, set not your heart upon them. Verse 11, God hath spoken once. Twice have I heard this, that power belongeth unto God. Also unto thee, O Lord, belongeth mercy, for thou renderest to every man according to his work. And you have to read that and does not mean now we add up what we can do and it will come down to that... um, you will render mercy for what we have done. Not going to happen. We do, we're, as this says here, O Lord, mercy unto thee mercy belongeth, for thou renderest to every man according to his work. And that, that work is what it says later in the scriptures, what is the work of God? And that is belief that he gives his people and belief in the work that the Lord has done. When he said it's finished, it was finished. All those things that was needful to God's people for their redemption were then done. 
And uh, that is the only work that we can stand in is his work. There's no, there's nothing we add to that. Anything that we do that God says is um, um, a, a good thing is because of what he has done for his people and that they do those things in that and in that um, uh, in that standing. So it's not, it, it doesn't discourage doing good things and being good people, but it does discourage um, uh, uh, that. It doesn't build up that you do things to get to this position of mercy. It is, it's either given by God and it's given by God uh, for his people that have been covered. Uh, that's the only work that counts. That's the only work that's going to be considered. Um, uh, and aside for that, there is none other in, except for his work. In uh, Psalm 85, Psalm 85 probably should have been and should be a lesson to itself or many lessons. But in Psalm 85, there's several interesting verses that stand out. Starting in verse 7. And above here, it talks about turn us, O God, of our salvation, it says in verse 4. But in verse 7, it says, Show us thy mercy, O Lord, and grant unto grant us thy salvation. I will hear what God the Lord will speak, for he will speak peace unto his people and to his saints. But let them not turn again to folly. Surely his salvation is nigh them that fear him, that glory may dwell in our land. Mercy and truth are met together. Righteousness and, um, and peace, verse 10, have kissed each other. Truth shall spring out of the earth, and righteousness... Um, uh, shall look down from heaven. Yea, the Lord shall give that which is good, and our land shall yield her increase. Righteousness shall go before him and shall set us in the way of his steps. Um, Down here, show us thy mercy, O Lord, verse 7, and grant thy salvation. I will hear what God the Lord will speak, and he will speak peace unto his people. That's according to what the scripture says, not according to what we want or would like him to say. Or what? How we would read into, as Mike once said in in one of his lessons, it, it, they they paid attention to how the scriptures was read, not not loud, soft, or how your inflection was, but what you were, what that scripture was actually saying. And here, when it says, uh, "I will hear what God the Lord will speak," He will speak peace to His people and to His saints. But let them not turn again to folly. That is according. Our only hope and 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 the standing is according to what the Scripture has to say, and it's not. It's not pick and choose the pieces from it. And if it's not according to what God says, then it's not. It's not right. You have no. You have no hope of of mercy being shown or or held out to us. Uh, it has to be in those things that. And as it, again, as that the scriptures say, and God says, he plainly, the gospel plainly says, the problem isn't that the gospel doesn't plainly say, it's that man's heart does not plainly hear without God's doing and causing that. And, and um, 
Psalm 103. Psalm 103. Okay. Um, This is a, a, a psalm again of, of David's and of, of uh, thanking and, and, uh, and attributing God's saving to, to the saving that he had. And in, in, uh, in starting with verse 8, it says, The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and plenteous in mercy. Um, he will not always chide, neither will he keep his anger forever. He hath not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded uh, us according to our iniquities. For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward them that fear him. Um, uh, Verse 12, as far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. Like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth them that fear him. For he knoweth our frame, he remembereth that we are dust. As for man, his days are as grass, as a flower of the field, so he flourisheth. For the wind passeth over it and is gone, place thereof shall know it no more. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting uh, upon them that fear him, and his righteousness unto children's children, to such as keep his covenant and those that remember his commandments to do them. Uh, And here that... um, Merciful, and here it shows in in several thoughts in in uh, of how he shows that uh, mercy, plenteous mercy, not dealt with us according to our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. Uh, his, his great mercy that fear him, far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us in the Lord, in Christ, in His doing, as He removed them from us. His work has removed that from us, not our doing. This shows the mercy of God in those things to God's people, and they recognize this, that this is not a, this is not a how-to book, but a, a book about what um, uh, God has purposed and has done and does do for his people. And it's, and it's tied, as we see, that from start to finish in all the studies and messages and preaching and teaching that we have seen here and with others that uh, one of our camp speakers years ago said, the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. And that is uh, keeping all these things in light of our of our Lord and not separating. That's not another department. It's, it's all tied in his redemption for his people. Um, I've got a lot more, but we're going to go right to Psalm 136. I don't want to. Psalm 136. Okay. In Psalm 136, and we're not going to read all of this. It's not that long, but... As you'll notice in the 
uh, first verse, it says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Verse 2, Oh, go, give thanks unto the God of gods, for his mercy endureth forever. And if you look all the way down through the, all these verses, end with, and his mercy endureth forever. Now the word endureth is italics. It, it was, and I can't tell you what the original language says through there, uh, but even reading that without this, his mercy forever does not lose, but it does endure forever. He, everything, every attribute about our God, he, he changes not. It's not a, it's not a, a, a same time thing. It's an, and the mercy that he shows, if he determines and has determined to show mercy to somebody, th- that's it. It's going to be taken care of. That mercy is going to be there. And then, um, at the end of this, after these, and, and it talks about many things with Israel and with mankind and God's mercy in these different situations and different uh, areas. But I, And then I'd like to read, starting with verse 23 in particular, the part that they all stand out to us, but these in particular. It says, speaking about the God whose mercy endureth forever, who remembered us in our low estate for his mercy endureth forever, and hath redeemed us from our enemies for his mercy endureth forever, who giveth food to all flesh for his mercy endureth forever. Oh, give thanks unto the God of heaven for his mercy endureth forever. Um, and up here, um, it remembered us in our low estate and hath redeemed us from our enemies and our uh, uh they indeed had enemies, physical enemies, that God delivered them from, and, and we've got record of, of that taking place. That was indeed something to be thankful for, that his mercy delivered them from the Philistines and from the different ones and all the, all the historical record we have of those. But those were the minor things, as it were. Uh, to to uh, the majority, they were the big things. Thank God we, you know, we got the land. We got all the the different things. Those were the big things. But to God's people, the, the redeemed, it says redeemed from our enemies, and those enemies are, are those spiritual things that only the Lord could deliver from. Uh, uh, it, it wasn't, he didn't, it wasn't just a, a magic wand type of thing. These things and the enemies that his mercy took care of was that great mercy of, we, of providing the true sacrifice given a people to our Lord and him delivering them and redeeming them. And that's where all God's mercy to the God's people, the church ties in it. It's all based. That's one of the, one of the key pillars of many of our, of our salvation and of the eternal covenant. It was, he would have mercy on a people and he would provide the, the means for that to be carried out. And, um, that is, uh, and like I said, you can't carve out mercy just from a piece, and and it doesn't stand alone. But it's a very important. Ask, and as people and humans in our mind, we have to kind of look at a, a thought sometimes. But keep in mind of all the other attributes that that we see of God in our salvation, and mercy is but one of them. And mercy is, as the publican said, that's. He wasn't standing there in anything that he could bring, and he he asked for mercy, and that's all that that uh, man can can plead, and then plead that mercy in the 
in uh, our Lord himself. And so, uh, thank you for joining with me this morning. And uh, as Mike says, be in the, the Lord and the Lord and the Scripture and the truth will keep you free and set you free.